News breaks into our lives in various ways. Often news comes through hearing. We think of the six o'clock news or the morning news. Other times it's by experience. For example, one child learned by experience that no matter how hard you try, you can't baptize cats. Another child learned from experience, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. Another learned that you can't hide broccoli in a glass of milk. And another that you can't trust dogs to watch your food. Jesus of Nazareth can't be trusted. This is the news bulletin that the Sadducees wanted to broadcast by publicly questioning Jesus in the Jerusalem temple. This Jesus had been walking around the country for three years, teaching people his version of how God wants us to live. He had quite a good reputation among some, but the Sadducees were salivating for the chance to help people experience the absurdity of this man's claims. We can't understand the story fully without knowing a little bit about the Sadducees. The Sadducees were a Jewish group among the intelligent elite. Their Bible consisted only of the law of Moses. We also know it as the Pentateuch or the first five books of our Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The law of Moses. Nowhere in their scripture had they seen evidence of life after death. And so they believed that everything ends with death. Here, they have a chance to discredit Jesus, who has taught that there is a life beyond this one. They begin respectfully. Teacher. Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother died, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. And then the Sadducees relate this scenario about seven brothers in turn marrying this seven-time widow. Alan Culpepper notes that some Israelites believed that one lived on in one's descendants and in their memory not after death in any other way. And so then at at the end, the, the clincher, the attempted trap, is the Sadducees' question. In the resurrection, in which they do not believe, therefore, whose wife will this woman be? Stuart Briscoe wrote that when he moved to the U.S., he was impressed with the number of total strangers who visited his home to wish him well. They all sold insurance. One day, he had a visitor who was talking about the necessity to be prudent in the preparation for all possibilities. If something should happen to you, Mr. Briscoe, he started to say, but Briscoe interrupted, saying, please don't say that, it upsets me. 
And the salesman was a little startled, but he tried again. But with all due respects, sir, we must be ready if something should happen to us. Don't say that, Briscoe insisted. And again, the insurance salesman was totally bewildered, and he said, I don't understand what I said to upset you. Then I'll tell you, Briscoe replied. It upsets me that you talk about life's only certainty as if it's a possibility. Death isn't a possibility. It's a certainty. You don't say if, you say when, whenever death is the subject. Death is something that we all expect, and yet it's so mysterious we sometimes don't know how to talk about it. Even Jesus didn't talk about it that much. He talked a lot more about the way that we should act while we're alive than he talked about what happens after we die. And yet here in today's gospel, with the help of the Sadducees, Jesus shines a spotlight on the continuation of life after death. We call it resurrection. And as Christians, we depend on it, especially in weeks like this one, where we have recognized the deaths and celebrated the lives of three people. Jesus tells us here that in the resurrection, things will be different. He talks about this age and that age. In this age, a woman needs a man to support her. In in that age, that will no longer be necessary. In this age, we marry to have children. In that age, there will be no death, there will be no progeny, and so we don't need to worry about that. Things will be different. There will be no need for these things. We will not die anymore because we will be immortal. God's future cannot be understood as an extension of our present existence. This is what Jesus was saying to these Sadducees. It's not going to be in that age like it is in this age. Resurrection life will be different. So let's think of an image. We don't often see tower cranes in Roanoke. They're the kind that look like a T. And it's the image that comes to mind when I think about what Jesus is saying here. Imagine we have this supernaturally large tower crane. And I'm so thankful for Google because I can give you the words. We have the tower mast in the middle holding everything up. We have the jib across the top. The short side that holds the ballast is the counter jib. The long arm holds the trolley. Okay, so you've got the picture. Now, we're on the sh- under the short side. This is, this is like life, okay? Imagine that the, this life that we're experiencing now is under the short side of the crane. The tower mast is death. The working arm side, the long side, is eternal life. Okay? Now, the jib goes all the way across. So the jib is God. 
God is the source of life. God is the constancy of what is in this life, goes across, through death, and all the way out the other side. Does that image make sense? God's love stretches to infinity on both sides of the timeline. From one side to the other, though, nothing else is the same. No more marriage, no more death. Jesus cleverly uses the Sadducees' Bible to argue from the words of Moses. He says, The fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the burning bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And I like the way Patrick Wilson put it. He said, God does not say, once upon a time, long ago, I used to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, but now they are dead and gone, and I remember them with great fondness. But just as... God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is the God of Larry Evans and Ashley Garrity and Tony McCoy and the other saints who were named earlier and our family members and the loved ones who have died. They live on with God as they live on with us. Can Jesus be trusted Maybe he's not as absurd as the Sadducees first thought because they no longer dare to ask Jesus another question. This unworldly thing we do around the communion table each month testifies to resurrection. While on the timeline of Jesus' life, the Last Supper took place right before his death, it is also a celebration of his resurrection life, which the disciples began to experience three days later. In this resurrection life, Jesus is a supernatural being that can pass through locked doors. He looks different. Because at the empty tomb, Mary first thinks that the resurrected Jesus is a gardener. He looks different because he's a stranger to the two pedestrians walking on the road to Emmaus. Luke tells us that they invite this unknown man walking with them to stay with them since it's getting dark. And then Luke tells us, when he was at the table with them, he took bread blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. God bridges life, death, and resurrection life. People who fear death need this good news. So let us broadcast it as we celebrate it. We, we broadcast it to each other as we celebrate it here. We broadcast it elsewhere as we talk about death and talk about resurrection as not something to fear, but something to embrace as a gift of God. 
we celebrate it here as we pass the peace and reconciliation of the resurrected Christ to each other and then as we celebrate the resurrection feast. Let us pass the peace of Christ to one another.